Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to talk about lessons from Ben Askren, part two. What's your biggest fear? Many of us would maybe say that it's failing in front of a large group of people, putting ourselves out there and losing in an epic fashion and having people judge us afterwards. What Ben Askren has went through the past couple of years has to have been difficult. He's went and competed twice and lost in epic fashion. Once to Jorge Masvidal, the second time this past weekend to Jake Paul. Each time he's been criticized, memes have been made. People have been attacking him on Twitter, Instagram. People are hitting him up, asking him how he's feeling. They feel sorry for him. There's nothing worse than going out there and failing on a big stage like that and then having half the world hate you and make fun of you, and then the other half pity you. But that's what Ben Askren's going through. And I've thought a lot about him. And I was pretty critical in my last podcast. I didn't like how he got ready for this match. I don't think he should have taken this match. In the shape that he was in, he was not ready for a fight. This wasn't prime Ben Askren. This wasn't Ben Askren when he was making a run at the collegiate level, uh, collegiate level in wrestling or Ben Askren as he was dominating Bellator and 1FC or even in the later uh, stages of his career as he was trying to fight and work his way up to the championship level of the UFC. This was a guy that had just had hip replacement and looked like he hadn't been in the gym for many, many months. And he was going into a sport that he really didn't have any experience in. And that was pretty obvious. And he was pretty, he was pretty honest about that before the fight. And something that was really interesting to me was he was talking about Jake and was just like, you know, if Jake is a good boxer, he's going to beat me. If he's not, then I'm going to expose and I'm going to get him tired and I'll eventually just make him quit because he's too tired to, to get off the stool. And I think a lot of people thought that was a possibility, but I think they were expecting a more ready Ben Askren. But after an athlete either wins or loses, I'm always interested in the response. I think there's a lot to learn from them. Whether they win and they act immaturely and they act like an idiot or they win and they win with dignity and you kind of hear them talk with confidence, there's nothing cooler than that. But when you see an athlete lose, whether they're heartbroken and devastated because they put everything they had into it or they've lost in an epic way like Ben Askren and they're having to deal with all of these people making fun of him. I mean, Ben Askren's talked about how for the past couple of years, he gets sent Jorge Masvidal kneeing him in the knee almost every single day. He has to look at that every single day. Anytime he wants to watch a UFC fight, he has to watch that. He has to because they're going to play that for the next 50 years. In 50 years, if that was ranked the number one knockout, most iconic knockout of all time, I would believe it. I mean, it was insane. But Ben is maybe the best I've ever seen at taking a loss and handling it with dignity, handling it with class, and really just not letting it affect him as a human being. You know, his value as a human being has not went down. He still believes in himself. He still loves himself. He still has a strong support group and he's going to be just fine. And I think there's so much to learn from that on a couple of different uh, fronts. And the first is just, I know a lot of us are afraid to compete in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I know there's a lot of you guys out there that have never competed or maybe only competed one time and it terrifies you. I've talked to many students over the years that just... They had so many doubts about competing. 
They were afraid that if they lost, that it would say something about who they were as a person and that they would think differently about the sport and themselves or that I would think differently about them, about their performance, about their Brazilian jiu-jitsu, about how close they were to their next belt rank or whatever that fear was, it keeps them from competing and it's keeping you from competing. But listening to Ben Askren, just go and listen to some of these press conferences, some of these interviews he's done after the fact. He just lost to, again, a guy that everybody hates, a guy that has a couple of years of boxing experience. On paper, you would expect Ben Askren to win just because of his combat history, and he lost. Listening to him talk, though, about how, you know, he's like, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to go out with my wife tonight. I'm going to go back and coach wrestling. I'm going to go back and do what I love. I made, I made some good money doing this. Yeah, I made a mistake. I, did, he, I think he said I made a bonehead mistake. I got caught. I shouldn't have got caught right there. It was dumb. I was an idiot. <laughs> but look, life's going to move on. I've, I'm not embarrassed by this. You know, It sucks and it hurts a little bit, but I'm not embarrassed by this. I'm going to move on. I've got my family still. I've got all of my friends and all this is support system back home that, that means so much to me. And, you know, and he's killing it with his wrestling program. I know he's got multiple wrestling schools up there, and they're, they're producing top-level D1 talent, and he's changing lives. And he's going to continue to do that. And I think that the big thing about Ben is there. there's no – excuses. You'll listen to some guys lose, whether they're world-class or even on some of the localer stages. And you'll hear them just make excuse after excuse. This was injured. That was injured. I dealt with this. COVID affected me. And you'll hear all these different things. But Ben hasn't offered one excuse. He didn't offer an excuse for the Masvidal fight. And when I hear an athlete just take a loss like that in stride and handle it with class and respect it and without downgrading his opponent like he hasn't said anything like negative about Jake Paul you know after the fact he's like look I made a mistake he won he didn't talk about his hip replacement surgery he didn't talk about his preparation it's really just been a lot of you know I, I mean I think there is probably maybe a little bit of regret of stepping in there but Again, just the way he's handling the loss is something I think all of us need to think about. You know, when you go out there and you lose the finals of Naga, or you go out there and lose your first match in Naga, you get tapped in 10 seconds. What does that really say about you? How are you going to feel about that afterwards? Who should you try and emulate? Should you try and emulate the athlete that, you know, gets all angry and depressed? And, you know, I remember like Ronda Rousey. So I compared Rhonda and Ben in my last podcast because I think they've had a really interesting, like similar career paths where they both were so dominant and then they both looked outclassed towards the end of their career and both took some really bad losses. I mean, you think about Rhonda's last two losses, she, it was embarrassing, you know, people felt really sorry for her, but she handled it. I mean, she was suicidal. She was really letting it affect who she was as a human being. She wasn't handling it with dignity and class. And I understand that her identity was mixed up in being the best female fighter in the world. Like that's who she was. That's who she identified as. And so when that wasn't true anymore, it just shattered her. It completely shattered her. And she was in a really unhealthy place for a long time. And I don't know how she's doing. You know, I know she's moved on to WWE and everything, but I know... Um, I, 
I, I just wonder how she's been handling the past five, six years since she's not a UFC fighter anymore. She's not the face of women's MMA. She's watching, you know, now as people like Amanda Nunes and Shevchenko are being called the, the true, like the greatest of all time, which that was her mantle. But you see Ben Askren, he's taken very similar losses, losses that people, you know, are very iconic and people have talked about for a long time. And that Masvidal loss, again, is going to be played over and over for the next, you know, 50 years. Just like Ronda's knockout from Holly Holm will be played for the next 50 years. But I'd, I'd much rather be Ben Askren. Just the way he's handled, the way he's speaking, the way he's, you know, really, he's showing himself, like he's respecting himself and who he is. His identity isn't Ben Askren, this badass that can go and beat up all these people. Like that's not his identity. His identity is a mentor, a coach, a guy that goes out there and competes and tries and puts himself on the line. He's a um you know he's somebody that has an amazing partner that he loves and he's going on he's like look i'm gonna go on a date with my wife like i love my wife i'm gonna go out and have fun with her tonight we're gonna go have a game night we're gonna go out and try a new restaurant and i think when you listen to that and you can start taking some of those those perspectives from an athlete like ben it it definitely takes a lot of the pressure off and going and winning your first local you know at your local naga going out there with the fear of what if I get tapped in 10 seconds? Well, what if you do? What if you do? What if you go out there and lose to a, you know, you're a blue belt and you go out there and lose to a white belt? Who cares? If your identity isn't tied up in this one thing, you'll be completely fine. And it really shows how important it is to have a support group, you know, people that love you behind the scenes that are always going to be there for you. Because if you have that, you'll be able to handle anything. But if you're kind of, you know, walking this path alone and you're trying to, you know, be the best and you're being selfish and, you know, there was a time where I was kind of like that, you know, I, I was I was more focused on trying to be the best. Like I wanted my identity to be, I want to be the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy in the world. And so every loss, even losing in the gym hurt really bad because I'd let each loss tell me who I was as a person and I'd let that affect who I uh, who I thought I was as a person and I really wish I would have uh you know taken a, a lesson from Ben you know much earlier you know I wish I would have learned that lesson much earlier I'm glad I have learned it because it doesn't affect me that much anymore my identity isn't Brazilian jiu-jitsu I'm so much more than that and you are so much more than your loss whatever failure that you've you've experienced in your life that you felt awful about and that really bothered you or whatever future failure that you're afraid to commit like go out there and do it go out there go out there and fail go out there and try your best and if you win great but if you lose it's not the end of the world and so i think all of us should kind of thank ben Askren in a way for it's not going to get much worse you know none of us will take a combat loss worse than the past couple that ben Askren has taken got knocked out by Masvidal, was representing wrestling against Damian Maya, and then lost to a YouTuber that everyone hates. And if he can handle it, and if he can see the bright side of life, and if he can remain positive, then we can do that through pretty much anything. Guys, make sure you tune in and watch the finale of the PGF. I commentated yesterday, and it might be the best. I know I keep saying that each time I talk about the PGF, but honestly, this finale, this week eight, 
was incredible. There's so many matches that were just epic. And obviously, you've got the big one. Two guys going in 14-0. We've got Hunter Colvin and Elijah Carlton undefeated. And Elijah, what he's done has made him a legend. I mean, he's he will be the first guy inducted into the PGF, uh, PGF Hall of Fame. When the PGF becomes huge and it's on a major networking station like ESPN, Elijah Carlton will always be the Hoist Gracie. Like, he's just incredible so tune in see if he can continue his undefeated streak or will the newcomer hunter colvin take him out also if you are interested in being in season three you guys know season two has been epic season one was amazing season two has been better season three is going to be even better well it's going to be at 170 pounds and there's going to be 16 slots available if you're interested please contact Brandon, check in with Brandon. There's going to be qualifiers in five cities, and you need to come and do one of those qualifiers. The first one is going to be in Decatur, Alabama. I can't remember the date off the top of my head, but if you're near within five hours and you're interested in doing season uh, three of the PGF and you're under 170, come to that. I don't care what your belt rank is. There's going to be a little like interviews. There's going to be stuff like that. Like Again, you might go out there and you're a blue belt, and you might lose first round to somebody. Uh, in the qualifier but if you've got personality and you've got an interesting game and you've got a cool story you might be picked to be one of the athletes and the guys that have went out there this season and really put it on the line some of them have really gained a lot of fans they've gained a couple of sponsorships they've really put themselves on the map and they're starting to get some opportunities that they normally they they wouldn't have gotten without um, you know having been featured on the pgf guys Love and appreciate you. Peace.